All right, well, good morning. Actually, this is Palm Sunday, so let me uh, welcome all of you that are watching today. This is Palm Sunday, and we're celebrating a very different way today. But I'm so glad you had an opportunity to tune in. I loved hearing reports uh, and messages this last week of people that, you know, they're watching either by their phone or by a tablet, or some are sitting in their living room being able to watch this by television, and though uh, I'm looking into a lens of a camera, I'm glad for an opportunity to connect, and I want to look through the scriptures today uh, of what the Bible taught us about Palm Sunday. Um, if you are on Facebook or YouTube and you're able to type, Michelle is uh, available. If you have a prayer request or anything you want to put on there, please, please take a minute and do that as well. I want to read the just the verse out of Psalm. I was reading the book of Psalm this morning, Psalm 150. Uh, it won't be on the screen, but it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Back then it, it ends with praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, we, we stop this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to gather even though we're not gathering face-to-face uh, -face or looking eyeball-to-eyeball, -eyeball, we're gathering. And Lord, where two or three are gathered, You are there. Lord, we enter this time as believers, as Christians. This is Passion Week. This is the week that Jesus emptied Himself for our benefit to become our sacrifice, our uh, forgiveness of sin, our healing, our Savior, the resurrected Jesus. And so, Lord, we stop today and we use that verse, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And Lord, we open our, our hearts today as we go through Your Word. Let it not be, if we've heard uh, and read these Scriptures before, let it not be that we check out but let it be that we press in to hear you in these days how clearly we need to hear your voice. And so, Father, I, I thank you that regardless of the distractions in our homes or wherever you might be, that we tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at the Palm Sunday story, the Gospels have already showed and taught us how Jesus taught in the synagogues, He taught in the fields, He taught in the villages. Uh, he healed the sick. He walked on water. He multiplied the food. He connected with different people. So many people He connected with even individually. But as we start Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday is that last week of Jesus' life. In fact, we're going to end with Hebrews 12, 2, because it is such a powerful uh, focus of what he saw this last week. It was joy on him to go through what he was going to go through for us. But Palm Sunday really is about a huge parade that takes place. And um, it's a prophetic uh, part of the Scriptures. In fact, I want to look really quick at two verses. It's prophetically said in Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26. And it says this, Save now, I pray, O Lord. Save now is where we get the word Hosanna, which is some of the worship songs that we sing. 
Hosanna, which is what the people would have cried out, Hosanna. But look at this. Prophetically in Psalm 118, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Save now. That's what the people are crying out. We'll look at that story in a little bit. They're crying out, Hosanna. Save now. And in Zechariah 9, 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming in to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, a foal of a donkey. Well, we know in King Saul's time that he came in. Coming in on a donkey was a sign of humility. Coming in on some large stallion was as a conquering king. And here prophetically in Zechariah, we read about this exact thing that we're going to look in the Gospels today that takes place that prophetically happens. In fact, I wrote this in my notes. As all of our lives have now taken a dramatic shift, all of our plans have taken a shift. All of us find ourselves now doing things day upon day that we would not have had planned. But let me ask you this question today. Is the Lord speaking to you something prophetically? Because as we look at this story today, a whole crowd is going to jump in and be so excited about what's happening but it doesn't continue on. Prophetically, they missed it. Again, in these days, our lives have taken a change. What is God prophetically saying to you? Are you listening? You know, when we were kids, my dad worked uh, for the Tournament of Roses, and so every year we would go to the Rose Parade. And being little kids, we didn't want to get up at 4 a.m., but we would get up anyways. But what we looked forward to at this parade, the Rose Parade, was all the hot chocolate you could drink, all of the donuts you could eat, and we weren't necessarily concerned about the floats. We wanted to watch the horses, because what the horses did was they would drop road apples. And the clowns would come behind and pick up all the road apples, but when they missed it, the band members would kick the road apples. So here's three boys. All we're watching for this entire parade is road apples and band members kicking it. And I remember we were probably told to be quiet so many times. That was our perspective of a parade. Well, this parade has nothing to do with floats. This is an entry of Jesus a prophetic event of people that with their mouths are going to bless Him, but with their hearts they're going to be distant. But before the story starts, I wanted to look at a couple verses here because I think this is so important. In fact, if you downloaded your notes, there's a, a word here that I think we could almost stop today, and this is the title of my message, The Lord Has Need of It. The Lord Has Need of It. Mark chapter 11, verse 1-3, through 3, and it says this, now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, He, being Jesus, sent two of His disciples and said to them, Go into a village opposite you, 
And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it to me. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will immediately uh, and immediately he will send it here. Now, when we read this, remember, prophetically we read in Zechariah 9, he's, the king is going to come in, he's going to come in on a donkey, a colt, uh, the foal of a donkey. Here, as they're entering a town, Jesus gives the instructions to the disciple, I want you to go in town. In fact, immediately you're going to see a colt. I want you to loose it, and I want you to bring it to me. Now, I need everybody to know, notice what Jesus was saying. He was not staying to steal things. This was something prophetic. In fact, He's going to give them the answer to say. And if you read on in the Scriptures, this is exactly what plays out. It happens to be right as they enter the town. As they loose it, they are asked those questions. Hey, what are you doing? And they use just these words. The Lord has need of it. The Lord has needed it. You know, and I thought of this over our lives. Every one of our lives, the Lord has need of. In this picture, I always go back to the things in my life. Everything that I have, the Lord has need of. Isn't this powerful when you think of just these words that Jesus says, the Lord has need of it. Can I tell you today, the Lord has need of you. You are His most precious possession. And He has need of you. He has need of you in these days and in these times. And if you'll listen, He'll prophetically be speaking to you. Because this was written for us to begin to read and to look at and to find out exactly what He says. Well, as we read on in Matthew chapter uh, 21, and as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, the story goes about that people were, like out of Psalm, people were saying, Hosanna, save now. They were cutting down branches of the palm trees to lay down on the road. The, the men, the Bible records, are taking off their robes and they're laying it down as Jesus is coming in. People are crying out, Hosanna, and look what Matthew chapter 21, verse 10 says. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? In fact, that word moved is a Greek word, it's the word seismo, where we get our word seismic. Uh, just the other day, there was an earthquake that took place in Palm Springs. I know we didn't feel it, but my son yelled, Did everybody feel the earthquake? There was a, a, a seismic action that took place in earth. Well, this word is what's read about what's taking place in Jerusalem. There is something moving amongst the people. There is this parade that breaks out of people uh, crying out, Save now, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The city is electric, but notice that word at the very end. Who is this? You know, uh, one of them, it adds, and it will say, is this, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet. 
Um, in Luke chapter 19, verse 40 and 41, in fact, the end of 44, when I read this story about Palm Sunday, I always read this part because I remember this. Remember, Jesus allows this to take place. You remember, if you've followed him in his ministry, um, he was not trying to make a public spectacle to raise himself up. In fact, he was always directing people to the Father. He frees the madman of Gadara and yet tells him, don't tell anybody. He would heal people and tell them, don't tell anybody. That he needed the time. He needed the three and a half years to do the works because he was going to pick the opportune time, as he said, to lay down his own life. And so when we read about this, he's allowed this to take place. The people are moved. And yet here's the picture that I want us to see on Palm Sunday that Jesus, there's an action that we see that he do. Luke chapter 19, verse 40 says, but he answered and said to them, this is to the Pharisees, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. What was taking place in the story? The Pharisees want Jesus, they wanted Jesus to shut up these disciples and these people in the crowd that were so loud. They were demanding him to silence them. And he uses this, these words. He said, if these would keep silent, the stones would cry out. This prophetic moment all taking place that even if the religious leaders on the, on the day wanted to stop it and silence it, that even the rocks among the dirt of the path would cry out in worship to Him. Pretty powerful. But here's the last thing that I, I want us to look at with Jesus here. And it says, this is the end of verse 44b. As He drew near, He saw the city of Jerusalem and He wept over it. And he said this, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Think about this in a, in a celebration. You know, I was trying to think, if, if I was in a parade, which this would be something that I would not want to do, but if I was in a parade being celebrated at the end of the parade, you wouldn't find yourself weeping over a city. You'd probably feel really good about yourself that somebody celebrated you. Notice this about a period of time that Jesus was celebrated by this large crowd, but notice what affects his heart the most. He weeps over the city. The Greek language lets us know that it was an uncontrollable weeping that Jesus had when he saw the city because here's what he saw. You did not know the time of your visitation. That saved now was so important that people, though they couldn't accept Him as Savior at that point, He wanted them so much to be moved to understand. You know, the people were focused on a different type of salvation. The people were focused on being liberated from the Romans. In fact, really what they wanted if they had their choice of any parade or a Palm Sunday, they wanted Jesus. 
they wanted him riding on the back of a strong stallion, probably with some type of sword, probably with some type of military. They wanted a Messiah. They pictured a Messiah that was going to deliver them out of the oppression of the Romans. And yet, how did Jesus come? He came lonely. He was born in the manger. He lived right among them. He uh, slept among those on the path. He walked among everybody. He was amongst the people. He taught in their synagogues. He knew people face to face. He was spoken against when they said, you know, we know who you are. You're the kid from Nazareth. We know who your brothers and your mother are. Who do you think you are? He walked through every single phase just like that. But at the end of this parade, what got his heart the most was seeing Jerusalem and knowing what was going to happen in 70 AD, that every stone was going to be turned over. And he wept and he knew that this was an opportune time and that people missed it. They were focused on themselves. They were not focused on the opportunity of this being their Messiah. You know, there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that I think gives us the perfect verse to choose today to remember about our Lord Jesus Christ. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of God. Isn't that powerful that it says this? Whom for the joy that was set before Him. Here's what Jesus knew was going to happen this week. He knew that one of His own disciples was going to sell Him out. He knew He would be arrested in Gethsemane. He knew that He was going to be going through the pressure physically on His body. He knew that He would be beaten. He knew that He would be whipped. He knew that He would be crucified. He knew that He would be on a cross, naked before all, have speak people speaking against Him. He knew all of that was going to take place. And yet he didn't rearrange anything. That's what gives us that hope in looking to Jesus. Whom for the joy. You know, uh, many of us go through that. If we have a trying week coming up, we want to try to put things off. We want to reschedule things. We want to do anything possible not to have to go through any pain physically at all. Jesus knew what he went through and here's what the Bible says it was for him. It was joy. What was the joy to him? The joy was you. The joy was knowing that you would have an opportunity to make Him the Lord of your life, to walk with Him the rest of the days of your life, to dig into the Word because He needs your life. Your life has that value to Him that even though this week was going to be the worst that He would physically go through, it was a joy to Him. Looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher 
of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Bow your heads if you would with me this morning. In fact, let me first pray uh, for you. Father, I pray in these days, even as many times we read these scriptures that we've read many times throughout the years, let it become life to us. Let us focus in on the life of Jesus this week to see what He did, to listen to what He said, to watch how He made sure He fulfilled everything prophetically, that He would become that sacrifice to bring us back to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He wants us to know this, that even in Hebrews, He wants us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, I pray that even today and amongst this week, we come boldly to our Father to express mercy. We come boldly to Him to trust Him in the days and times that we're living. That we reaffirm our faith. That we realign our focus to what Jesus' focus was. In fact, He probably always thought, if you just follow after my Father, He'll show you what to do. You know, and lastly, if you're, if you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, as I go through my Bible and I see where every little prophetic thing was done and Jesus would fulfill so there would be no mistakes, no missteps, so that everything in our life that's missing and broken could come into alignment because of His laying down his own life. In fact, if you've never prayed that prayer, I want you to pray it along right after me. In fact, wherever everyone is today, would you pray it as well? Because it's always important that we say it to know it because we have opportunities to come across uh, the path with people. So Lord, everyone say this with me. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that He lived and that He died for me. I accept Him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank You for coming into my life. Thank You for dwelling in my heart. Thank You for forgiving me of all of my sins. And thank You for bringing me into Your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In fact, if you prayed that as the first time or maybe even rededicated your life, would you connect with me, please? You can go on our website. You can go down to our contact section. Please connect with me so that we can connect. Because this Passion Week was exactly for that one reason. Jesus had passion for you. I'm going to have Michelle come up and uh, we're going to prepare to close out our time together. And I want her to say hello and give a couple words of encouragement before we close out. Good morning, church. 
I woke up this morning with this thought on my mind, knowing that it was Palm Sunday, and the word says that uh, when Jesus entered into the town, they were waving palms and saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Little did they know that that week was leading up to an event that took place in history that would literally shake all of our lives and all of the world for all of eternity. It was the week that would change everything. It's the week that changed your life. It's the week that wants to change your life. If you lean into him, I promise you that nothing will stay the same. If there's areas of your life that even this week that the Lord's been speaking to you about that he wants to change, lean into him. Let the work that was done on the cross, the conquering of death, hell, and the grave, change things for you this week. Let your life raise a resounding shout that blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let your life resound with praise that everything was changed because of what took place. Jesus wants to change everything. Don't forget this week, since we cannot see you face to face, on Wednesday night we will have a Zoom call that we can see your face. But today, will you take selfies with your families or by yourself and post them so that we can see you? We will be posting one just to say, look at us. We want to see you. We love you. We miss you. We miss your hugs. We miss seeing you. But we know that even during this time of social distancing, wink, wink, God is doing the work in you and through the church like none other. We look forward to hearing the testimonies of all that God is doing in and through you and through the church. You know, this week, I, I, I just had this thought, we were getting in, or we were thinking of so many people to pray for, that I didn't have a dry erase board that I could grab, and I didn't want to go and unscrew them off the walls of the church to put in my house. So we just took a mirror, and I found a dry erase marker, and I began writing on the mirror things that I could pray for. Mm -hmm. You know, we've heard some things from some extended friends this week that are just heartbreaking, in fact, of things happening in these times. You know what we did? Stick them on the mirror. Uh, I encourage you somehow, you make some type of prayer sheet, but have it before your eyes. Maybe it's a bathroom mirror. Get a dryer. Don't use a Sharpie, right? It might not come off. But get a dry erase pen. Write down some things that are constantly before your eyes to pray for. But, but what we started with in the message, would you allow this week to be a prophetic week and in your life and your family? Would you allow it to be a prophetic week in your business? Would you allow it to be a prophetic week in your health? Don't be so tuned in to the news of the day, though we need to know uh, what's being said and done, but don't be so tuned in because that will drop the prophetic in your life. You will tune into the negative and you'll turn out, tune out the prophetic. Tune in to what God is saying. Read His Word. Follow along. As Michelle said, Wednesday night we'll have a Zoom call to connect. We did this last week and it was very encouraging. We will send out an email 
that will have the meeting identification, but it will also be under the contact in our calendar on our church page on Monday. So uh, as we communicate with one another, for any of the updates, you can go to our website uh, to find any of that information. And then on Good Friday, 7 p.m., is when we'll do a Good Friday communion uh, service live stream. So I want to encourage you, Good Friday at 7 p.m. So let me end with, um, as we're doing our tithes and offerings today, I want to read one verse, and then we'll put up a prayer that I want all of us to pray. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. You will not need, I think this is so good uh, in the time we're living, you will not need to fight in the battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. In fact, let me just pull two things up. You're not going to have to fight in this battle. You know, there's natural things that we're doing. But many times we forget, we, that's why we go back into God's Word and we see how He fought for Joshua and the children of Israel. Go back and see the power and strength of what God did. And remember this at the end of the verse, the Lord is with you. David knew that he could take on a giant because the Lord was with him. Remember, the battle is not yours. You're to stand strong. Allow God to fight these battles before you. Let's pray this prayer all together. In fact, say it with me. It'll be put on the screen. As I give in today's offering, I stand in unity with God, His Word, and the Holy Spirit. I stand in prayer and with those in my house believing God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all who could ever ask or imagine. I stand against doubt and unbelief. And I stand in my place and I will not be moved. I will not give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we remember that this week? Don't be in doubt or unbelief. Don't be moved. Stand in faith and don't give up. If you're wanting to connect with us, in fact, uh, on the screen is our P.O. Box. If you're mailing anything into the church, P.O. Box 661419, and that's Arcadia, California. The zip code's a little different from our location, 91066. If you're giving online, it's easy, easy way to do it. You can go to thehillschurcharcadia.org. But remember, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we'll connect with you for the Zoom call. That allows us to see your face and talk to one another uh, on a call. And then Good Friday, 7 o'clock, we'll do communion together. So you need to make sure you have bread and juice or whatever you have around the house uh, can work. But we'll take time on Good Friday evening to remember what the Lord did in our lives. Well, we're praying for you daily. We love you. We can't wait to see you. But thank God we have these opportunities to connect with one another. Take this message. If it's meant anything to you, share it with somebody. Somebody else also needs to hear it because the Lord has need of them. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.